Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the revolution. We've picked up a pirate radio signal. Oh, hello. You wanted it. Thank you for being here. We delivered it. What are you waiting for? This show is already starting off terribly. Feeding your outdoors addiction with analysis, insight, and expertise. (laughs) We are the voice of outdoor radio and the pulse of a nation. Please keep your volume to a minimum. Let's crank it up! Let the revolution with Jim and Trav begin. Booyah! Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. And I'm proud to be an American, where well, at least I know I'm free. Toby Keith? No, that's Lee Greenwood! <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so we are talking Operation Independence in happy 4th of July, boys and girls. It's about time we got out from under mom and dad's house. Screw you, Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, that was a good tea party. It, it really was, was you know. Was. Uh, so, you know, this coming Monday is the 4th of July, and uh, make sure you're safe out there, boys and girls. A lot of people are going to be going to the lake. A lot of people are going to be recreating outdoors. Make sure you stay hydrated, whether you do that with an adult beverage. Yeah. Or maybe. Why we wait, we hydrate. Some, uh, just some water. Anyways, be safe this weekend. Celebrate being in the greatest country in the world, being American and having a good time. All right, so who we got? Oh, by the way, we have a new station. Yeah, we added a station in Louisiana, yeah. Mansfield, and it's KJVC FM 92.7, and uh, it's Classic Country. There you go. I like Classic Country. Yes. Maybe some Hank Williams Jr. Or Toby so, Keith. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so yes, uh, congratulations for them for carrying the show, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we had a great show. We're going to be joined by Jim Kenzie here in just a little bit. Uh, going to be talking about alligator hunting. How about some uh, black drum fishing in Florida and also uh, we're going to hear about when he went down to Patagonia and uh, shot a big big red stag. Yeah we're also going to have Cat Daddy on. He didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he stayed home. Yeah he caught some big old catfish. He's going to be joining us and we're also going to have Skip Knowles on. This he is, is the, a story you got to listen to. Yeah editor-in-chief of Wildfowl uh, Predator Nation and North American Elk and volume 2 of North American Elk uh, hit newsstands earlier this month. He, he actually had a terrible tumble uh, broke some ribs, punctured a lung. Yeah, we're going to have to have him tell you, but i got to tell you something. When you're out there and, and you got a new mountain bike, yeah, don't go on the kiddie trail. This actually happened at Whole Foods. He <laughs> fell down pushing the cart. Uh, no. All right, so let's first, let's get to Jim Kinsey, co-host of Adventure Hunter on Sportsman Channel. That's right. Let's do it. It's Operation Independence this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now kicking off a two-parter with Jim Kinsey, co-host of Adventure Hunter on Sportsman Channel. Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. Hey, we're back. We're talking about Operation Independence on this week's show. And our first guest, I mean, he is independent. He's got lots of booze and fireworks. He's getting ready for the 4th of July. That is Jim Kinsey. He is the co-host of Adventure Hunter. Love the show. Sportsman Channel, Mondays at 8.30 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Well, I'll tell you what. Super good. I'm super excited about season three. We've already got half of that show. Uh, the show shot and uh we've got some incredible stuff we'll be shooting this fall and over the summer so 
can't wait for season three to drop on Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, now you're kind of like Turtle Man, but with a pistol. Uh, you got to tell our listeners, um, you were actually down there in Florida, and there was a nuisance alligator. And I'm going to say an alligator. He was like a behemoth, man. It's like my brother-in-law. Yeah. There was people, small children, but no, seriously, calves were disappearing. Uh, yep. And this was a big problem. And tell us the story. You went down there and you harvested, what was he, like an 11 foot alligator? Yeah, one of the largest free range gators ever taken with a Desert Eagle pistol. He was just a shade over 11 feet long. Wow. And he was a nuisance. He's, you know, it's like a predator, but it's in the water, you know. Uh, and so, long story short, um, one of my buddies from uh, owns Gator Quest, uh, Taylor, called up and said, Hey, I've got a, a rancher. He's got a couple thousand acres. Uh, calves are, you know, being born in uh, February there. And so he said, Hey, we've had six calves go missing and, uh, it costs a lot to, to lose a calf for a, a farmer. And he said, can you come down and maybe help us out and we can do a show together? And so of course I grabbed my good friend, Manny Puig, the shark man, you know, he was kind of, he helped out a little bit for the first couple of days and then he had to get back to business, uh, building his tridents and doing the stuff he does. And then about a day or two later, I went back and, uh, my brother and I, who was down from Montana, we went out there and we, uh, it took us three days to, to catch up with this gator. Super smart when they get to be 11 feet long. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they think like a mad scientist. So we finally got him on day three and we got him with a, a 429 Desert Eagle pistol. Holy smokes. Now, how, how far of a shot was it? So the process is a little different. It was uh, about, two, I'd say about 15 yards. Oh, wow. So when we found out where he was hanging, you know, we, we, they use a method where you, you throw a, a long, a treble hook and then you kind of try to fish for them where you think they are on the bottom once they disappear. Uh, and then you, you snag them and you fight them on a rod and a reel for, I mean, this one was probably 45 minute fight. Oh, wow. we're out. I, I thought I was fighting a marlin, you know, <laughs> I finally got him, got him in. And, uh, yeah, then we got him up close to shore. And when he kind of came up to the surface, I was able to put oh, uh, a single shot into him. And now I've got wonderful table fare that I can share with my family. And I have been for the last few months, man, that's oh. quite a story. Did you do anything with the skin? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a full, uh, basically we, we skinned it out like you would, almost like you would do a bear in Montana. Like you, Get a bear, you skin them out, lay them upside down, skin them out. So I've got this beautiful, uh, full like hide that's coming back from the tannery that I can put out and show my friends and family. And that, because the thing about being a hunter gatherer, you're not just taking the meat. There's a lot more that you can do with an alligator. So I've got this beautiful flat skin, and I've got the skull. It got cleaned. And a lot of people don't know this, but they have cheek meat. Much, you know, how a halibut people you get a halibut fillet yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, che- well, they've got cheek meat, and so we took out these huge, giant. I would say they're his. They're probably 20 or 30 pound chunks of meat out of the cheeks, wow. which we cut into strips and do just like you would do chicken strips, deep fry them. Unbelievable table fare. So, yeah, incredible hunt. Yeah. Now, and then were you able to uh, to save the belly skin? Yeah, absolutely. We saved it all. So we used every, we utilized every part of that gate. And uh, so, yeah, it was a really good hunt with my buddy uh, uh, over there, Taylor from uh, The Real Gator Quest. And we had a blast. There's enough skin there you could cover a van. (laughs) (laughs) That is seat covers. All right. So Adventure Hunters, Sportsman Channel, Mondays, 830 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, you you did something so cool uh, with your co-host, Brandon. Uh, earlier this spring, you get, didn't you guys go to Patagonia and you were there like what, 15 days? (laughs) We were there for two weeks. And I tell you what, when I say it was a life changing experience, I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, Joe Ross, he has Joe's wild side adventures and he has a consulting company where they travel around the world. You can, you know, he's vetted these places before we go there. So I knew going in, Joe's been there, done that. So he lined us out with Brandon and he and I went down and we basically fished for the first, I want to say, seven, eight days. Wow. Um, 
on the Rio Grande River, and we we basically fished out of a giant Mercedes Benz, like a Unimog. It's a huge military vehicle that looks like a giant fan that could crush anything. Really? It's so super intimidating looking, but it's got shower, it's got you know power, it's got everything you need to recharge batteries at the end of the day. And so we floated, you know, different parts of the river with the Andes Mountains in the background, and I'm thinking. You know, I'm waiting to see my first Yeti. You know, I, I'm like, this is what Yeti's for, I think. <laughs> you know? So I was on a hunt for a Yeti while I'm still doing my back cast and looking for, you know, big browns and rainbows. I never did see a Yeti, but I'll tell you what, that is a beautiful part of the world. And, uh, yeah, it was neat. So from there, you know, we, we turned and burned straight to, uh, I think we fished up to the border of Chile. Then we jumped in that Utamog, drove back, and then we drove about 12 hours north and we hunted on a big Estancia, which is a ranch. And, owned by a family. Um, Juan is one of the owners and we went out and it was amazing. We, I, uh, ended up shooting the largest free range stag in 150 years. Oh, wow. It's, uh, it's a neat story coming out in uh, sports field that I wrote a feature article for, but it, it, it was, it, it's hard to describe to people and paint that picture. You've got, it's like the rut and, you know, it's Southern hemisphere. So it's the opposite of what North America would be. You know, March is like their September or so forth, our September here up north. And so the stags are running around roaring. It sounds like a mini bike off in the distance. <laughs> You're like, what the heck is that, a bike? And it's, it's a stag. Yeah. It's unreal. And so, yeah, we all three harvested incredible stag over the course of, you know, about seven days there. Yeah. Now, you got a 12 by 10, and this yeah. guy has yeah. junk everywhere the mass on him is just incredible yeah so yeah that the mass it's hard to even describe to people how big that stag is yeah it's so big you know the father the owner of the ranch and then his grandfather before that no one had ever seen a stag that big no one had ever taken a stag that big so for me to come in you know from out of town and just to take that on my first day out is is something i'll never forget and i'm getting a beautiful pedestal out of it to remember that adventure for the rest of my life yeah well the interesting part about red stags is they're not indigenous to that country they were shipped in from correct i, I don't know where but hey we've got to take Bye. a break jim can you stick around i'm here let's go all right hey we're talking with jim kinsey he's a co-host of adventure hunter on uh, Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, that's Mondays, 8.30 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, Mr. Jim, to follow your adventures, your social media, website, partners, all that good stuff, man, uh, pertinent information, where can we find you online, buddy? AdventureHunter.com. Think of the word adventure with van in the middle. All right, this has been brought to you by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV, part two with Jim Kinsey, right after this. Every free nation in the world looks to America as the bulwark of liberty. Have a safe and happy 4th of July from the revolution with Jim and Trav. Experience the global hunt for adventure. All of a sudden there's like 30 bull sharks around me. Those are aggressive sharks. With Donald Trump Jr. and the Field Ethos team. I'm going to Colorado to work at a bar and fly fish and hunt. I'm sure your dad loved it. Yeah, we went over great. They're adventure seekers with hunting, fishing, travel, and conservation embedded in their DNA. Field Ethos, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. And watch extended cuts exclusively on My Outdoor TV. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. 
Revolution with Jim and Travis back with Operation Independence. Now let's get back to Jim Kinsey, co-host of Adventure Hunter on Sportsman Channel, Mondays 8.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking Operation Independence, and what a great title for a show, especially over Fourth of July weekend. That is right. Hanging out with Mr. Jim Kinsey. He is the co-host of Adventure Hunter Sportsman Channel, Mondays, 8.30 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, when you went to Patagonia, I know... I guess you could have drove down there. Yeah. Um, that would have been one. Have drove Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. You know, float a little bit. Um, no, that yeah. that is a a big trip. Do you guys have any more trips like this planned? You no, know, we've got a lot of really cool trips. You know, there's a lot of stuff people don't know we've already filmed. I did a whole. We did a show up in uh, on Kodiak Island. Uh, we've oh. got a bunch of really cool. Like Brandon just got back from Hawaii. Ooh. It was such a great trip last year. We went there. He learned a lot. Yeah. And from what he learned, he decided to go back and, and hang out with a lot of the same people we hunted with, uh, Seth Robinette and some of these other guys. And he went with uh, Dusty South, one of our cameramen. And last time, Dusty was filming everything. But this time, he kind of filmed and grabbed a bow and was able to get his first access deer. Mm-hmm. And so it was that, that's going to be a really cool show. And we've got some really cool stuff. I'm going to be hunting Brandon's ranch his grandfather's ranch in Eastern Oregon. Mm. We've have to spend a work week <laughs> to, to, in order to hunt there. So we're going to run back over to a work week. And then I've got a mule deer tag. I'll be hunting uh, over there for mule deer. Yeah. Once again, hanging out with Jim Kinsey, the co-host of adventure hunter uh, sportsman channel Mondays, eight 30 and 11 PM Eastern time. You know, we're talking operation independence. Uh, Fourth of July is this coming Monday. Um, you're, you're a very fascinating guy, Mr. Jim. You do so much stuff. One bit of technology, which is very, very interesting. You guys, your company came out with something called Police Smart Card Technology. Kind of tell our listeners what this is about and what it can do uh, to help law enforcement, also just us as citizens. Yeah. So, uh, you know, two years ago, you know, uh, things kind of changed in America. You know, uh, we had a a really kind of crazy year. And instead of being a part of that craziness, one of the guys that the founders found me on uh, Google and wanted a product video. And long story short, I saw that product video. We filed for a provisional patent. And since we've been published. And what is that? Well, it's we call it TAP, uh, Transparency, Accountability and Positive Validation. We use near field communication. It's like Apple Pay, Tap to Pay. And we have a QR code that redirects to give the citizen real-time badge information from the LEO, or law enforcement officer, that they're having that interaction with. It de-escalates the situation, gives the badge information. It's got a built-in survey feature, which is part of our patent. So um, you can leave a, a you know a, a positive feedback or a survey or whatever, which would go directly to their supervisor. Um, yeah, positive validation is why we built it. And, you know, everybody in America is asking for transparency and accountability, and we basically patented it. So what do they do? Do they scan it with their phone, or how does that work? Yes. Yeah, so if you have a smartphone, like a you know Android or Apple phone, yeah. instead of an officer, you know, handing you a business card in the future, like they were back in the day, they would hand you a business card and write your case number on it. Now the citizen can just tap their smart card, and they would get all the information that they need from that law enforcement officer, their badge, their picture, um, how long they've been on the force, and, and they can basically have all that information right there with the tap of a smartphone. Wow. That's sure first line of defense, isn't it? <clears throat> it is. And, you know, we, we're looking for uh, right now with what's going on, you know, uh, around the country. Uh, everybody is flocking to us. You know, ever since we, we launched on June 6th, it's been uh, 
been a whirlwind, and it's super exciting to see the community wants it, LEOs want it, and it's a great way, we think, that's going to help restore citizen police relations and help, you know, take us from 600 and some thousand uh, LEOs up to a million is where we were in, like, 2019. So we're looking to, uh, we have a recruiting tool built inside the TAP uh, also, so that while the officers are out talking to you know, citizens on the street, they could be recruiting at the exact same time. Now, let's say some uh, local police departments or sheriff offices are, are listening to this uh, and they would yep. like to have this type of technology in their departments. I mean, how do they yeah. even go about doing it? Because I think this is this should be everywhere, as you know, Mr. Jim. How, how do they yeah, go I, about inquiring, learning about it? What do they do? Yeah. So if you went to police smart card dot com, smart card. Dot com right there. If you go into there, there's a sample badge right on there that they can shoot the QR code. They can navigate the entire back end of our platform. We work with the Amazon DOD certified servers, and they can literally go through the entire platform and look how it works. And then they can literally uh, inquire uh, with us at the bottom of the page, uh, info at policesmartcar.com, and contact us directly. And uh, one of us will jump on the horn, and we'll get a meeting set up and go from there. And I can tell you we're talking with some of the largest cities right now nationwide Holy wow smokes. that's uh that, that's really good it, it just proves that jim is more than a pretty face yeah when he's not in <laughs> patagonia or developing police smart cards he's also writing songs <laughs> is there, that voice is never heard. is there anything that you don't do you just recently wrote a song didn't you Yes, I did. Uh, I, I was Terry Barlow. If anybody, uh, know, well, he was on epi- uh, one of our episodes last year. I think it was 11 or 12. Yeah. We hunted in Kansas with Desert Eagle Pistols, one of my great sponsors, Magnet Research. And so, yeah, well, he ended up, uh, he's a singer-songwriter, quite famous. I mean, his wife's singer-songwriter uh, of the year three years in a row. That just gives you an idea. That's Hillary Lindsay. Wow. So, Terry Barlow. And uh, I waited three and a half years uh, for that song right. He looked kind of at the storyline, which I can't give away, because I can't <laughs> wait to tell the person that this is about. And maybe we can talk about it on another uh, <laughs> podcast, but this is really cool. So we ended up uh, writing the song, and right now we're just looking for a female singer. And so hopefully before the first of the year, we should have that song drop, and most likely it'll make it to radio because of the guy that I wrote it with. Yeah, actually, I heard that uh, coined Friday night at the bar. I'm just looking for a female singer. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you're out there, <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> yeah, that's why Jimbo shouldn't be a singer-songwriter. All right, so, uh, or a female. All right, Jim Kinsey, the co-host of Adventure Hunter, Sportsman Channel, all-new season, Mondays, 8.30 and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Jim, again, to learn more about you, your co-host, Brandon, uh, everything you have going on with, like, the police smart car technology, uh, upcoming episodes, where can we find you online? Yeah, go to AdventureHunter.com. That's Adventure with V-A-N in the middle of Adventure, like Adventure Hunter. So easy to find us. Jim and Trav, it's been an honor, man. Thank you guys. You're the best. I appreciate you. You bet. Hey, we'll be back. We've got Cat Daddy coming up, and that just proves to you that America has talent. That's right. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Now, we can get uh, – can we get the first two seasons of Adventure Hunter on My Outdoor TV? Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, we've, we're have we've we on there right now, and uh, All right. easy to go, easy to find. All right, this has got to do. Uh, coming up next, we got Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy. Don't go anywhere. Americans, we're hunters, and we love bacon. The hunters are ready. The game is moving. 
action is guaranteed. It's the next generation of European-style driven hunts. Pursue species like fallow deer and wild boar with world-class marksmen on some of Sweden and Germany's most sacred hunting grounds. That is action to the finest. What a drive. Driven Hunts 2, presented by Aimpoint, Saturdays at 5.30 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky-making kits, 14 snack-and-stick kits, and 20 sausage-making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. Now, here's our very own captain of the SS Tuna Tub, Cat Daddy. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking Operation Independence on this week's show. And before the break... Who was that? Jim Kinsey. Jim Kinsey. What a great guy. That was a long three minutes ago. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yeah, adventure hunter. But our next guest, man, he is the Kansas Catman. That's right. He's going to be smoking catfish and setting off fireworks this coming Monday in celebration of Independence Day. In Topeka. Did you know they're at the Boston Tea Party, you know? Yeah. Catfish actually helped. They ate all the tea. (laughs) That's what they, Cat Daddy, isn't that right? Oh, you better believe it, boys. You better believe it. I tell you, man, the wind—the wind has been blowing extra hard, you know, for the last week. And oh yeah. We've been going out drift fishing, boy, catching some nice cats, you know. Really? Nothing huge, but daggone nice ones, anywhere from five to fifteen pounds. Well, if it, if the wind is anything like it is here, uh, you could water ski behind your boat drifting. That's gonna say <laughs> nice winds. It's been like forty-five miles an hour. <laughs> that's on a oh, slow day. Oh yeah, that, that's a little bit much here to be drifting in that. <laughs> yeah, you got a drift sock the size of Nebraska. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I just got a couple new drift socks too. And Did four you? Four and six footers are uh, doing a real good job out there. At that wind blowing against your boat. Yeah, we've been fishing with fresh shad. Caught right off the lake with a throw net. Ooh. You can't beat it, man. Fresh is the best. Yeah. Now, when you're out there drifting, you got a nice breeze going. At about what speed are you wanting to stay at? Oh, about a half mile an hour, a mile an hour. Yeah. It yeah, just... just an easy drift speed, you know. You don't want to go too fast. You pull the bait right in front of the fish and, you know, leave them in the dust. Yeah. You not... want to where they feel they can, you know, get on it and dart on it. Clamp down on it and hang on, man. Yeah. Now, you you mentioned you got a, a new four-footer and a six-footer. Now, do you use one, or do you have one on the bow and one on the stern? Uh, yeah, one on the bow, one on the stern. So you don't set it up <laughs> so it's it's in the middle of the boat? Oh, no. Uh, I don't put none in the middle, front and back. That's amateur, Jim. I Come know. on. You should have known that. <laughs> well, I, I'm an amateur cat fisherman. Yeah. Now, those are the adjustable drift socks or not? Oh, yeah, 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 they're, uh, they're adjustable. They're about the best ones to use. All right, so you're out there uh, drifting. That way you, you can tighten up, you know, uh, the whole end on it, and uh, it, it just gives you a, a nice variable speed at, at, at different moments. Jim likes to call that puckering. He yes. likes to pucker up that end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't let anything go through. I pucker my net. <laughs> now, when you're looking for a good place to drift, Mr. Cat Daddy, obviously you're running electronics and stuff like that, but what are you looking for? Well, I tell you, you know, you want to look off a uh, drop off on ledges and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a long deep water flat. 
you know, places like that because, man, you, you can drift from one side of the lake clear over to the other and don't stop because you're getting close to the shoreline because a lot of them places, the drop-offs is just right out past the shoreline a little bit, you know? Mm. Yeah, now you've... So, you, uh, go, go all the way to the bank if you can. Yeah, now you had mentioned that uh, when the wind is blowing like that, you want to fish those wind-laden banks because it pushes the bait fish up there. And so oh, th- yeah, that's, that's your everything thought? up there like that. Yeah, so that's your thought, to get as close to the bank to get a, take advantage of those bait that are there. And I'll tell you what, you know, uh, circle hooks are about the best thing to use while you're drifting. Well, it'll They'll always come back to you. Set that hook deep, deep, deep in their mouth, and you just can't beat a circle hook after drifting, man. Yeah, what what size circle hook you using? Well, you know, the fish, the size of the fish started to pick up a little bit, so we went to about a six hook. Hmm. Otherwise, you know, if you're catching like a couple two, three pounders, you know. Oh, about about a uh, one aught, two aught. Mm. Now you had been saying you guys have been getting a lot of rain down there. Is that water level still pretty high? Yeah, yeah, the water level is still pretty high, pretty high, and it's been fairly good fishing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you use those uh, walking sinkers as you drift to keep the bait down there? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah, we use them walking sinkers. Uh, uh, a lot of people make their own, you know, put. Put like, uh, well, I, I don't know exactly what they're they're using nowadays, but in my time we just put BBs in a little rubber mm. long long uh, tube thing, you know. And oh yeah, hell, they work just fine. Oh, now I got I got a question for you real quick. How okay. how long have you been a catfish guide for? Oh my goodness, since about eighty two. Really, since eighty two. Holy yep, smokes. Yep, 82. That's a long time, guys. Well, you think of... It's a week and a half. Everything you know in all these places, I mean, that is not something you learn overnight or in 10 years. I mean, you have to have in-depth knowledge, experience with these places, with these baits, with these weather patterns in order to be as successful, Mr. Cat Daddy, as you are. Well, I'll tell you what, man... Uh, when you get my age, you need to start using that Prevagen. <laughs> it helps, <laughs> it, it doesn't helps it? To remember a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my God. And now they have GPS units. Now, are you still doing a lot of overnight trips or not? Yeah, we're doing them. I kind of slowed down on them a little bit, you know. I'm just kind of, you know, getting up there in age. I can't run around and do stuff I used to be able to do as quick as I like. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're still doing them occasionally. Ah, mm. oh, heck of a deal. Now, do you have anything open that uh, somebody could book for? Uh, maybe not this weekend because it's 4th of July and everybody's going to be on the water. Are you going to be on the water? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the family going out there on the 4th of July and we're, we're going to be out there catching some cats. Mm. But I tell you, I, I generally don't like taking clients out, you know, on, on uh, uh, busy days like, you know, the 4th of July and things yeah. of that nature. Cause people's out there in their boats, you know, in their ski boats and jet skis and they're just after crazy everywhere having a blast mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just hard fishing you know like that that's right yeah you, you be just careful. let them have a good time and you just stay home and be safe no cat daddy's still going out <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's avoiding all the stupid people is that's what he's saying he's back in the cold yeah i'm going back in the timber where they can't get you know get close to you <laughs> that's right all right mr cat daddy if we want to book a trip seriously people have to get out on the water with you uh it'll be the best fishing experience of their live um mr cat daddy where can we find you online buddy www.catdaddyguideservices.com yeah and if you'd like to write old cat daddy and tell him about your latest and greatest or maybe show him a picture of that uh you can email him at catdaddy underscore one 
at msn.com. And this is brought to you by Cat Daddy's favorite sponsor, High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your catfish dinners at himtnjerky.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we've got Skip Knowles. He's the editor of North American Ill. Yeah, and also Wildfowl and Predator Nation. He's a word merchant. He is a word merchant. Mr. Cat Daddy, God bless you. Happy 4th of July, buddy. Everybody needs to go out and get some of that High Mountain seasoning, buddy, because it's <laughs> mucho, mucho good. <laughs> Who's your outdoor mama? Mrs. Bunny is fool. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Mrs. Bunny is presented by My Outdoor TV. Yes! Frog gigging. If you haven't yet, it's time to search ponds, puddles, creeks, marshes, and more for bullfrogs. Bullfrog hunting is a summertime must that can be achieved using a hook and line, dip net, gig, bow, crossbow, or just your bare hands, and generally is done at night with a good light. Depending on state regulations, oftentimes a valid fishing license is all that is required to get out and bring home some frog legs. Outdoors and freedom bound. Happy birthday, America. No steroids. I'm good. No hormones. This is going to be amazing. No grocery stores. You with me? No. <laughs> the freshest game on earth cooked to perfection. It's delicious. Imagine that you just season the fish in a way where it looks like it would taste really good. It's wild food heaven. The hunt stops with a masterpiece on your table. Oh, I'm so pumped about this. Taste of the Wild, Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Don't you understand? With Operation Independence. Now, here's another two-partner with Skip Knowles, Editor-in-Chief of Wildfowl, Predator Nation, and North American Elk Publications. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking Operation Independence on this week's show. And before the break, we had Cat Daddy on talking about the great drift fishing you can get this time of year. He'll light up your world like the 4th of July. Ah, that's Cat Daddy. Right now. No, that's Lee Greenwood. That's not Lee Greenwood. That's Toby (laughs) Keith. All right, so just help me join my skip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, who the hell are you? Uh, He is the editor-in-chief of Wildfowl, Predator Nation, also North American Elk, but you got to get volume two of North American Elk. It dropped earlier this month. Mr. Skip, how's it going, buddy? Oh, so good. So much better than it was three weeks ago, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. It's not easy, takes believe me. practice. You know, you were actually booked, Mr. Skip, uh, right as Volume 2 of North American Elk came out. We were going to have you on the show. Uh, obviously, you're, you're a big elk hunter, and you mountain bike to get in great elk hunting shape, and you had a big accident on your mountain bike and got seriously hurt, didn't you? Oh, it was uh, catastrophic, and I never saw it coming. That was crazy. I do a lot of wild stuff on a mountain bike for a 53-year-old. But this one, I just came right out of left field, man. It was, I just tipped over to my left going too fast on a, on a trail that was too easy um, <laughs> to, to believe, honestly. My friends are, are never going to let me down that I got hurt on this goofy trail, but it had a sharp left-hand turn. I didn't see it coming in time. Skidded out, landed on my left side, and smashed six ribs and punctured a lung. And ended up with four days in a an ICU and a one-and-a-half-hour ambulance ride to Colorado Springs from my uh, mountain home in Canyon City. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Thank God this didn't happen, you know, later into August or September, and that could have really put you out elk hunting. 
hundred percent, man. That's that's exactly right. It's so funny you count your blessings. I wrecked a motorcycle once, just going slowly. And I remember as it landed on me, I didn't get hurt. It was just real scary because I wasn't going fast. Just hit a puddle and skidded out. I remember as I was trying to get the bike off of me, thinking this better not screw up my Africa trip. <laughs> I'd never been to Africa, and I was going like two weeks after that. And that's all I could think about. But you're right. I mean, this could have happened in September, October, duck season a lot of things but um i had the right people around me to take care of me it is really exasperating i was working hard harder than ever to really get in shape for a hunting season this year and yeah mountain biking is such a fun way to do it i hate gyms and treadmills and i think every time someone gets on a treadmill with a pack in a gym somewhere else there's a gerbil in a cage <laughs> laughing you know <laughs> yeah but man it's you can get your adrenaline rush on and get in shape it's the best of both worlds and i was really getting there um <laughs> despite having three kids and running all these magazines and now i feel like it's such a setback you know but i gotta gotta i I still have august to try and get back in the saddle yeah now speaking of getting back in the saddle volume two north american elk did hit newsstands uh june 7th you can pick it up for about 9.99 there is so much awesome information uh, in this magazine, man. Holy crap. It, it is jam-packed full. If you are a novice elk hunter, if you're an experienced elk hunter, uh, if you just love elk in general, this magazine's for you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. We really, uh, I refuse to just do like a, a simple how-to magazine. We got Fred Eichler in there talking about scouting, Mike Kaiser talking about um, the benefits of off-season stuff and what to expect and how to hunt public land pressured elk. And all the stuff that, I mean, it's so much fun to do this magazine because I learned so much every single time. I've hunted elk on and off, but mostly on since the 80s. And uh, I learned something every time I do this. But we also strive to keep the fun adventure element with this with this brand in particular. We want your heart to pound when you thumb through it. Like, for instance, we did a, a section just on the rut and celebrating the rut and just fantastic photos of elk um, being, being elk, just... Uh, doing what only they can, big bulls fighting, uh, bulls in the, with the velvet coming off the horns, the bright red horns, and the, the cover shots, just this heart stop. And we want to make your heart pound, not just tell you how to hunt. And this magazine's uh, just full of stuff. That I don't think anyone ever throws this magazine away, you know. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I take it into hunting camps with three or four other ones, throw it on a table, the magazines laying everywhere, and inevitably, the North American elk copies are gone within 24 hours. Yeah. Now, but, uh, hunting elk since the 80s, what did it mean to you when you took a Roosevelt there in Oregon, a mile from the coast? Was that kind of just like it all came to fruition? Just like, oh my God, what was that feeling like? It was the neatest experience I own. From our hunting camp, you could actually, at night, when the wind was right, hear the ocean. Really? Wow. There's just nothing like hunting these Roosevelt elk in this lush, dense rainforest type environment. And I grew up doing that in the late 80s as a high schooler and a college kid on the Olympic Peninsula west of Seattle. And uh, they're so big, they're 30% bigger than a Rocky Mountain elk. They're just massive animals. Mm-hmm. And we could actually track them in that rainforest because they'd leave enough tracks, unlike Rocky Mountain elk in Colorado. You can't track them unless there's snow most of the time. Um, and so that was a journey that I started, gosh, you know, 30 something years ago. And I was in on a lot of great hunts where big bulls hit the ground and, um, but it just never was quite my turn. And then, uh, it got kind of overhunted there in the Northwest and, and things went, um, went south as far as, uh, 
the, the actual real doability of Roosevelt elk hunting in a lot of places. And so I, t- I turned away from them and chased Rocky Mountain elk across five or six different states over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And, and for um, my friend Sean Skipper at Leupold, um, they're based there in Portland. He uh, said, I think, he, I think we can put together Roosevelt elk hunt, Skip. And, and he made it happen. And, um, God, that was the neatest thing. Um, out there, back on the coast, it doesn't even look like normal elk country. And, and hunting these, these ghosts in the fog with some good, good friends. David Draper, Peterson's hunting was there. Uh, Scott Haugen was in that area. He's a, he's a guy who writes for me and just a, the most interesting man in the world as far as outdoorsman. He's been there and done it. Just the neatest camp and guys. And, Oh, it was, it was an amazing experience. A, t- a true corny to say it, but dream come true all the way. Oh, yeah. You bet. Hey, Skip, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Absolutely, yep. All right, shine your bike while we're gone. Hey, we're, talk- <laughs> we're talking with Skip Doles. He's the editor of Volume 2 of North American Elk. That's right. Now, Mr. Skip, to learn more about you, everything you have going on, you're such a busy guy. Where can we find you online, buddy? Yep, go to osgnewsstand.com, I believe, um, and wildfowlmag.com. It's the main site for uh, Wildfowl, which is a big subscription publication. Yeah. Uh, North American Elk and Predator Nation are newsstand-only publication called SIP, Special Interest Publication. you got to go grab them on the newsstand, though. That's what you got to do. All right, this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Part 2 with Skip Knowles. Right after this. As we talk Operation Independence. Happy birthday, America! Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Woo! Have a safe and happy 4th of July from the revolution with Jim and Trev. Want to get your kids involved after the hunt? Try our new hot dog making kit that they are sure to love. High Mountain Seasonings is your one-stop shop for everything delicious. Visit us online at HIMTNJerky.com. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav and Operation Independence. Now, let's get back to the boys and Skip Knowles, Editor-in-Chief of Wildfowl, Predator Nation, and North American Elk Publications. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is Part 2. Hey, we are back. We're talking Operation Independence on this week's show. And, of course, before the break, Skip Knowles was on, and he's the editor of Volume 2 of North American Elk, plus a numerous other magazines. But the fact of the matter is, Skip, we know that there's like seven or eight different species of whitetail. Uh, I don't know if there's different species of mule deer, but we know about the Rocky Mountain elk. We know about the Roosevelt elk and the Thule. Are there any others? Not that I'm aware, but um, not in North America, I don't think. Mm-hmm. There is a Mongolian subspecies that I saw a photo of Craig Boddington, a famous hunter, uh, posing with one. It's, it's a, I was shocked because it looked like a North American elk. You know, people compare them to red stags, which are native to Europe, but all over the world now, New Zealand and Argentina, Patagonia, big places to chase them. But they, they look similar to elk, but they don't look like them. But this Mongolian subspecies... Um, really look like ours but with actually even cooler horns they kind of go all the kinds go way out and hook up and kind of back just amazing animals i need to learn more about them but yeah now with um volume two of north american elk you guys cover everything from butchering to tracking to different rifle calibers i mean very 
all-encompassing. Uh, one thing else you, you touch on, which I think is very interesting, is I think it, elk have been reintroduced in like 30 states now. Wow. Uh, something like that. You guys go into that, but let's kind of talk about wolves for a second, because everything that we were doing to propel elk uh, in the United States and other areas, um, the wolves are having very serious negative impacts. Um, They're having lunch. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously everyone here is for wolves, but it, just like anything else, everything does need to be managed. Are you finding it to be an issue or not? Oh, it's been a huge issue since I've covered it heavily. I covered it as a mainstream daily newspaper journalist, too, trying to be as objective as possible about it. Um, stretching back to, I think, year 2000, I was sent by the Salt Lake Tribune up into that um, north Idaho and uh, the country where they were reintroduced. Um, the sawtooth area, salmon, Idaho, areas heavily impacted. Um, the impact of the, the people who were, were actually having to live with the wolves and the stories were just they were pretty horrific at the time. It's like you said, we know most of us don't hate wolves. We think they're really neat animals. I'm very happy they're not extinct, but oh, yeah. um, they're an animal that needs to be controlled. I think their original goal with the reintroduction, I think that started in 1995 was to achieve 30 breeding pairs. Um, which would be what total of a uh, 60 to 90 hundred wolves was, was their goal. And you can add a couple of zeros to that now. There's, <laughs> there's over 3,000. Wow. Uh, they, they, they took that, um, that North Yellowstone elk herd down by 85% by wow. 2010. 85%, that whole uh, Bozeman economy, all those people that had hunted out there, it was, uh, it was catastrophic in the Southeast regions and, and, and just really, really bad. But then they brought in, Management, as you know, it's gone back and forth. They've had hunting seasons and some harvest in Montana and Wyoming and Idaho and created a little bit more balance. The, the wolves kind of ate themselves out of house and home, too. The elk weren't used to living with them. The elk population was kind of inflated, and uh, the elk were uh, really vulnerable. And the wolves came in, and they were like a super predator. Um, and they were these big Canadian wolves, not our and um, naturally, historically, you know, 60, 70 pound Rocky Mountain wolves. They were these giant timber wolves from um, mm -hmm. Canada. And they kind of went through the elk herds like a, like a bandsaw, you know, it's like they dropped piranhas in the goldfish bowl. And, <laughs> and we started seeing these huge wolves because they just had tons of food. Mm -hmm. And we see these super packs, these photos of 20 wolves in a pack and all this. And But um, they collapsed the elk population, they ate themselves out of house and home. And, and it started to stabilize um, population started to decline as that artificial food base changed. The elk changed their behavior and kind of learned to live with them. And a lot of areas are just like absolutely nowhere near as good as they were historically. There's lots of places where there still aren't any elk since the introduction, but, but there are areas where they, the elk and the wolves are working it out. But like you said, they need to be controlled. They need to be managed. And the problem is they just passed. Colorado has a large elk herd Western United States by far, far, far ahead of Montana and the other state. Um, and they just passed the legislation to, to introduce wolves here. Mm. And uh, I'm really scared about that because I don't think in, in my home state here they'll ever allow hunting of them. And so there's a major threat to the, the largest um, elk herd in the United States. One that, you know, it's generally Colorado's probably four people come here to hunt elk for every other state, I would guess. Because of that big population and great access, and I'm going to hate to see what happened in Idaho happen here, and then uh, I doubt that we'll ever ever be able to hunt them here. Colorado has so many people, and there's um, it's it's crowded everywhere in the woods, and uh, 
Yeah, I just don't see how wolves fit in here. Yeah, well, one so thing they didn't figure out when they decided to reintroduce the wolf is they travel. Nobody, nobody puts them in a kennel. I mean, they're out there and they go where the food's at. And of course, as you say, they devastated the eighty percent of the herd there in uh, northern Wyoming. Yeah, that's exactly right. They don't no fences or roads, and they're just wildly successful, amazing animals. My gosh, they also wiped out the in Yellowstone after the reintroduction within like five or ten years. They, they turned the coyote population <laughs> down by eighty-five percent as well. They're just a super predator. I call them land sharks, but they uh, they're something else, man. They, um, and you're right. Uh, we, 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 one of them was caught in, in Utah when I lived there. They had wandered all the way from Yellowstone into northern Utah. Wow. Like nothing, like in a couple of days, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Skip traveling on his bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. People, people ask me if I'm going to start mountain biking after that accident I had this month. When I'm going to start that again, I'm like, well, first I'm getting a new motorcycle delivered tomorrow. <laughs> True story. Just comedic timing. I can't even drive that bike yet, but got a cool, cool Yamaha Enduro on-road, off-road adventure bike coming. Oh, seriously? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, going to call it my sl- my sleigh ride, S-L-A-Y, <laughs> and learn to predator. Predator hunt off of it. <laughs> you bet. Hey, Skip, we got to leave it right there. Um, we've been talking with Skip Knowles. He's the editor of Volume 2 of North American Elk Magazine, Wildfowl, and Predator Nation. Yeah, now, uh, North American Elk, what newsstands, if we want to buy it online and have it shipped to us, do you know where we can uh, do that, Mr. Skip? Yep, go to osgnewsstand.com, um, North American Elk, and it should pull you website where you can buy them online uh, but it's in most stores right now um i'm seeing it everywhere yeah i've been from florida and maine actually i'm telling me they're seeing it on newsstands so you could probably get it anywhere you buy uh, magazines on the newsstand all right this has been brought to you by yamaha's proven off-road atvs and side-by-side vehicles get one like skip did uh check them out yamahamotorsports.com mr skip god bless you thanks for coming on buddy i sure appreciate you guys having me man I- Fall is coming at us so quickly, there's no off-season anymore, so (laughs) I guess we'll be in the woods in no time. Thanks for having me, though, guys. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're a beer-drinking, flag-waving good time. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July. Celebrating our independence this week. Happy birthday, America. Stay tuned. The Revolution will continue after these short messages. Reimagine every adventure, every terrain, every incredible memory. The Yamaha Wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Available right now at your local Yamaha dealer. With the Wolverine R-Max 21000 and R-Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specification subject to change. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. 
At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found I, that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now. Receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com. That's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com. Use the code word L. Chardonnay finishing sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, this is Operation Independence for us in the United States. We're celebrating the 4th of July this weekend. This weekend? Yeah, it's actually Monday. It is Monday. So it's going to be like a three-day weekend, boys and girls. Congratulations to us. Uh, great time with Jim Kinsey, Cat Daddy, and Skip Noel. Yeah, so get outdoors this weekend, and what should they do, Jimbo? They should get out there and cook some hot dogs. Cook some hot dogs, recreate outdoors as a family. And Make be safe. Sure, yeah, be safe. Uh, hammer home firearm safety. And uh, celebrate being in America. All right, we love you, boys and girls. We will return next week. Yes, we will. Yeah, peace out. God bless. And happy 4th of July.